Welcome back to the AP World History Podcast. Uh, we are beginning our second semester here of AP World History, and we will be diving into all the history from 1450 to the present over the next few months. And um, we're going to be starting off in Unit 4 uh, overall in the scope of world history. Um, and that's going to be looking from 1450 to 1750. And the, the major feature that we're going to see during this time is the integration of the Americas into the global uh, economy and just into the global, I mean, just integrating it completely. And whereas before, you had the Americas doing their own thing and Africa Eurasia doing its own thing. And also we're going to see Australia is going to make their way into it, but uh, they won't have as much of an impact as we'll see with the Americas. Um, so for this first uh, chapter, chapter 13 in, from our Strayer book, we're going to be looking at the uh, rise of the, well, these empires have, some of them have risen already, but we're going to be looking at the major empires at the start of this uh, time frame from 1450. So uh, we're going to be looking at primarily first here the Americas, or actually the Europeans, and the empires they create in the Americas. Then we're going to look at their uh, societies they create. That's going to be our second podcast here. Then we're going to look at uh, what's going on in Russia. Uh, and then we're going to finish off with, um, if I can get my page turned here, there we go, uh, we're going to finish off with the Asian empires, kind of rounding that out, um, so it's probably going to be about four podcasts long, we'll try to keep them short and brief as always, and uh, we'll dive in here with the European empires in America, so um, first off, we got to start off thinking about, well, why is it that the Europeans do this? Uh, China was more technologically uh, advanced. Uh, throughout the most of the, the time periods we're talking about, they should have had the naval technology to go there. Uh, at points, it's not very far from the Chinese to actually make it to the Americas uh, if they were going up around uh, to Russia and to kind of where, where we own Alaska today as American or as the United States. Um, and actually, there's some speculation that they did, uh, but they didn't do any significant colonization or anything like that. Um, and there isn't a, a ton of historical evidence yet to, to prove that. So, um, that's still being debated by historians today. Uh, as we've always talked about, history is always, always changing and, and new things are always coming up. So why is it that the Europeans then did this? Well, there, there's a plethora of reasons, uh, but Europe kind of had a distinct advantage that, that allowed them to, to do this or set them up to do this. Uh, one their distance overall is shorter than China. If you're going straight from kind of central China to the Americas, the Pacific is a much larger ocean um, versus what I was talking about of going up north by the uh, Arctic Ocean. Um, so it it's shorter. It's also got the, the right winds uh, that you want to have going uh, so that you can get there. And the new technology of the caravels and just everything else had finally made its way to Europe at this time from around the 1450. Um, the Europeans are also becoming overpopulated where China keeps getting, uh, new crops that, uh, can produce, uh, more calories and stuff like that, that support a growing population. The Europeans are not getting that and they're becoming crowded in Europe, uh, with the limited space that's there. And there's nowhere really for them to expand because on their borders, they've got, uh, very strong empires, um, or the land's not that good if we're talking about Russia and, and Siberia. Uh, they also... Uh, wanted to have new land to kind of show how powerful they are because there's this constant competition between Europeans. And uh, that really leads to a lot of innovations in Europe as well, uh, as we're going to see going through this time period. And uh, in addition to this, uh, they're trying to push their version of Christianity. One, Christianity wants to spread 
Uh, they want to try to show that they are just as good as Islam and and how large the religion is, and uh, so they want to they want to find new people to uh, spread the religion to or convert to the religion, as well as you get a competition here in this a little bit from the Protestants versus Catholics because we're going to see the Reformation happen eventually uh, around 1500, um, and so you get some competition going on there that will push more people to go to the Americas, either to um, create their own colony for religious freedom or to go and convert people. And um, last, uh, and the biggest reason why the Europeans are able to do this and be successful with this is the diseases they bring. Uh, previously, the Europeans made it there. We saw that with the Vikings around 1,000 or so uh, with Leif Erikson, but uh, they didn't stay there uh, because they just didn't have the numbers and the capabilities, the, everything they were kind of lacking um, to create a major long-term presence. Uh, however, uh, the Europeans at this point are technologically advanced enough to be able to do it, and with it, they bring diseases that will wipe out the Native Americans, uh, and that's what we're going to start looking at here first. So, uh, with that, uh, when the American or when the Europeans come to the Americas, uh, you see a huge drop off in population. In some areas, uh, it's it's estimated 90% of the population died. I mean, this is just as bad. In, as we saw in some of the cities with the Black Death, but to a much grander scale. And and really, this is what allows the Europeans to eventually take over all the Americas because the Native American population was just decimated uh, all throughout the Americas, not just where the, the Spanish land first, uh, as you already know, hopefully from previous history classes, Christopher Columbus landed in the Caribbean for the Spanish, and that led to the Spanish to colonize the Americas first, uh, but they brought with them their diseases. And so with 90% of the population dropping, you're talking about uh, it being around 60 to 80 million people um, to uh, dropping 90% in some regions. So we're talking that this goes down to about 10, 10 million people or so or less. Uh, so it's, it's significant uh, what we see happening. And the real reason for this is, is there's a combination of different diseases that they weren't, uh, that the Americans were not disposed to because of their lack of livestock. And that's the biggest thing. The Europeans have all this livestock that they've been exposed to for generations that have exposed them to things like smallpox, measles, typhus, influenza, malaria, yellow fever. They've experienced it from all those and generations and generations of built up immunities, although they're still dangerous. Uh, smallpox is still was still bad for Europeans at the time, but um, not as bad as uh, not having any immunity at all, which is what the Americans had. And so they get hit with all these diseases, and you just see it wipe out whole populations. Um, uh, in in some areas, uh, within 50 years of the Caribbean, uh, landings in the Caribbeans, uh, the whole population is gone from islands, so it's just Europeans there and slaves that they'll bring in. Um, and then in Mesoamerica... Uh, where it was that 60 to 80 million uh, people, um, or sorry, not in Mesoamerica. In Mesoamerica, it was about 10 to 20 million people. We see that go down to 1 to 2 million people. Uh, eventually, the population will increase, but it's going to take until the 17th century. So we're talking 300 years or so that it takes to recover. And that's not just the Native American population recovering. That's Europeans getting in there to bring bring that population up. So... That's the, that's the first big thing, and that comes as part of an exchange known as the Columbian Exchange, which was more than disease. That was the, one of the big things the Europeans brought, and in exchange, the Europeans uh, got syphilis, 
Uh, so they got a nice little STD, but that did nowhere near the same amount of damage as what we see happening with smallpox, measles, and all those guys. Uh, so disease is a big part of the Colombian exchange, but it's not the biggest thing. Uh, really, the biggest thing that we see is the exchanging of resources and goods. So you see things like uh, the wheat crops, rice, sugar, grapes, other types of fruits that are natural to Europe making their way to uh, the Americas as well as all the farm animals. So all those livestock that the Americas didn't have, uh, horses, cows, pigs, goats, sheep, um, all those now make their way to the Americas. And they, uh, some of these, especially horses, will lead Native Americans to shift from being farmers in the Midwest to being hunter-gatherers again uh, because they can be mobile and they have a, an animal that can help them uh, hunt down bison. Uh, so that's what the Europeans give to the Americans, and then the Americans in return uh, give them corn, uh, potatoes, uh, cassava, peanuts, sweet potatoes, and the really uh, tomatoes are part of this as well. Uh, so if you're thinking of Italian cuisine, you don't have marinara sauce and all that stuff until the uh, the discovery in the Americas and the Colombian Exchange. Um, but the really big thing with these, with, with corn and potatoes especially, these are high-calorie foods, and they're just what the Europeans need and to, to increase their population or to, to help support that increasing population. And so uh, these two are huge in it, and that's why you see um, the Irish eventually suffering uh, really badly during the potato famine uh, is because they relied on it so much because it was such a, a staple crop. It had all the calories that they needed and they could get more out of it than using or, or growing wheat or, or something like that in, in the aisles. So um, you have that. As well, uh, with the Columbian Exchange, you also have a lot of uh, uh, um, precious metals being pulled out of Mesoamerica. Uh, we're going to see something later on called the Silver Trade, uh, which took a lot of the silver from the Americas and sent it over to China in exchange for all their uh, awesome things. And uh, we see, so we see a lot of the precious metals, especially silver coming out of Mexico, uh, also out of uh, Mesoamerica there and the Andes uh, with all that. And um, to help run this, we're going to see some labor systems come into uh, to play. And they are not nice little uh, pay and, and do this work. You get an hourly wage or anything like that like we have today. Instead, these are essentially slave systems, although they're not slave systems. Um, you got systems uh, kind of known as the uh, Mita system and other plantation-type systems. Um, in the plantation-type systems we'll see in the Caribbean, or they will be plantations in the Caribbean and in Brazil, and then we'll see some uh, Native American coerced labor systems in uh, Central America, one of the most prominent ones being the media and the encomienda systems, which we'll look at in class hopefully some more. Um, to to fulfill these, we have the slave trade then happening, so uh, that's that's a huge thing. Uh, you have about I can't remember a dozen. I don't have the specific numbers here. How many? But it's around 10 million people uh, are forced to cross the. Uh, the Atlantic and work on plantations in the Caribbean primarily and in Brazil. Um, so you have that going on. And then uh, kind of lastly, uh, wrapping things up here, um, the major effects of this uh, Colombian exchange is one, I mean, you saw the, the, the great dying is, is a major effect of this um, in the Americas, uh, which allows the Europeans to subjugate the, the lands. Uh, short uh, over time um, but for the Europeans I mean they're going to gain the most here they also gain uh, 
um, insights in the scientific revolution uh, with um, new technologies that they're able to develop and, and implement over there uh, and the what they're reaping from the trade uh, that allows them to support that stuff more. And it also leads to industrial revolution where they can use a lot of these raw materials and uh, make them into finished products and make lots of money off of that. And so that'll lead to industrialization, which we'll see in, in our next unit, Unit 5. And uh, slowly this then, with all these things coming together, Europe will become a major power. However, uh, I can't emphasize this enough, they are not a major power yet. Okay, yes, they take over the Americas, but, I mean, mostly they killed all the Americans because of disease, and they are still looked at as backwards compared to the Islamic world, compared to India, compared to China. They still don't have enough to dominate the world, although... From Western perspective, we might think that at times. Uh, we're not going to see that until we get into the Industrial Revolution that Europe actually takes over the world. So that's the European empires in America in a nutshell. Next, we'll take a look at the, um, the societies they set up in the Americas.